Time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Good afternoon, I'm Drew Posty in for Jim Smalley this afternoon. After announcing the construction of crop input facilities in Pasqua, El Rose and Waka, Richardson Pioneer is now taking over operations of Crop First Agro in Grenfell. Tracy Shelton is the Director of Corporate Communications with Richardson Pioneer. She says they are always looking to expand to areas where they do not currently have a presence. Crop First Agro is a well-established crop input center in Grenfell, and it adds to our expanding network. So we are very committed to growing our Richardson Pioneer network across the prairies, and we're always looking for areas that we do not have a presence to expand our ability to serve um, customers in those areas, and Grenfell was certainly one of those. So we did not have a crop inputs presence in that area, and now this able, enables us to serve customers in that area. Right now, Crop First has been selling seed and crop protection products and also providing agronomic advice to customers, which is something we will definitely continue, but we also plan to add a high-speed fertilizer blender in the Grenfell area to um, allow customers to buy um, fertilizer right in Grenfell as well. So really enhancing um, an already uh, well-established business. Shelton says the Crop First Agro staff are continuing to work on the site and have joined the Richardson Pioneer team full-time. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed overall, but mostly on the rise during the past week. Provincial livestock economist Brad Marsinuk says feeder steer prices range from a drop of $4 to a gain of $4 per hundred weight. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed last week. Feeder steer prices last week ranged between $4.08 lower and $4.28 per hundred weight higher. The largest losses were in the 4 to 500 pound weight category, while the biggest gains were in the 6 to 700 pound weight category. Saskatchewan feed heifer prices were primarily higher last week and ranged from $2.20 lower to $10.25 per hundred weight higher. The only price decline was in the 8 to 900 pound weight category, while the biggest price gains were in the 3 to 400 pound feeder heifer weight category. What were the factors behind these overall price rises? The main factor affecting Saskatchewan feed cattle prices last week was the stronger basis levels for Saskatchewan cattle. Prices in the U.S. were primarily weaker, so this stronger basis level did help Saskatchewan cattle prices. What were marketings? Canfax reported 17,001 head of cattle were sold in Saskatchewan last week, and that was up from 14,924 head marketed the previous week. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Slaughter cow prices in Alberta were lower last week. The price of D1, D2 slaughter cows declined $3.25, to average $95.25 per hundredweight, where the price of D3 cows declined $2.03 to average $85.10 per hundredweight. Fed cattle prices in Western Canada for Alberta fed steers were reported to average $158.32 per hundredweight last week, and that was down $1.65 from the previous week. What U.S. factors affected the market? Well, there were some U.S. reports out last week that were negative on futures markets. U.S. cold storage numbers were released last week, indicating record beef in cold storage in U.S. for December. We also have the cattle on feed numbers re- released on Friday. And the January 1st cattle on feed numbers were at 10.605 million head, which was slightly above trade estimates. So overall, we did see feed cattle future prices lower last week, with the March contract declining almost $4 per hundredweight. And we also saw live cattle future prices down about $2 for the nearby contracts. So overall, we did see some you know, negative news in the market and did see some negative prices on the future side of it. 
Brad Marsena compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Both the University of Regina and the University of Saskatchewan are involved with a new high-tech crop research project using nuclear imaging. The research will start on lentils in efforts to find var varieties rather, with better drought tolerance and other climate change issues. Also involved is the Sylvia Fedork Center for Nuclear Innovation in Saskatoon. Matthew Dalzell is, in, is the Partnerships Manager with the Fedork Center and outlines some of the research work. We now have at the University of Regina and it's going to soon move to the Saskatchewan Center of Cyclotron Sciences uh, here at the U of S in Saskatoon is a phytopet scanner. And what this is is a series of detectors that just like a, a PET CT machine is used to detect radioisotopes that are injected inside a person, this is going to be used to detect radioisotopes that we put inside plants. And that information is going to be used to understand all sorts of things about how about plant metabolism and how plants uh, take up nutrients and then where they move them around inside them. And that's pretty important information because if we, we think about plants, a lot of people think of them, they're, they're kind of I guess not a black box, but a green box. We, 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 we put them in the ground, we put some fertilizer on them, we, we water them, but how all those things work together to help grow a plant, those are still a lot of ongoing questions about that. And so this will allow us to be able to see the chemistry going on inside plants as they grow, as they respond to things like predators or pests or disease or drought, and understand what they're doing. Uh, and what's going on. And, and then we can also start looking at how we tweak those processes or how we look at once we have a number of varieties of different of, of, of a, one kind of plant and we're trying to breed them, we can start looking at, okay, this process is, is either helping or hindering getting, getting the, the kind of plant we want. And the study starts with lentils? They are starting with lentils, and uh, that's because the uh, the group of plant researchers uh, at the uh, University of Regina who who are working uh, working with uh, Professor Papandreou and Professor Tamarazian are looking at they they look at lentils as part of the research, and of course Saskatchewan, 50, we're, we're a lentil superpower. Fifty percent of the planet's lentils are grown here, and it's an important food crop. It's an important staple crop. For a, and if we really want to help feed a hungry world, this is one of the crops that a lot of people eat. And the key part here is to study the stress from rising temperature or climate change, uh, more drought, hotter temperatures. Certainly, uh, any time we have a plant, plants respond to their environment in different ways. And, and the big way they do that, of course, plants can't get up and move if, if they don't like where they are. So what they need to do instead is they need to do, there's a number of processes they do biologically to, to help protect them. So some of them they do is, for example, there's a process called bunkering. And that's a process where, for example, sugar is moved out of an area of a plant that, say, is diseased or, or under attack because they want to guard and safeguard those nutrients. So, so to make sure that the predator or the pest doesn't get the nutrients, they're going to move them somewhere else. So that's one example of, 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 of what they do. And, we, and using what they call positron emission tomography, that's the PET, the PET in Phytopet, we can actually watch the plant move those nutrients around and see where they are. And another big area that there's a lot of interest in is, is the, what they call rhizosphere, which is how the plant interacts with the soil. So how the roots of the plant interact with the soil and the environment that's around 
the roots of a plant is really important when you look at things like taking up nitrogen and other nutrients. Uh, and we can actually start looking at things, for example, making a, a, a radio, uh, making ammonia, for example, a kind of ammonia using a radioactive form of nitrogen that we can make in our cyclotron. That will then, we can watch that nitrogen get fixed by the plant, by its root nodules, by the uh, tissues and the cells in that plant that are incorporating that nitrogen. And then we can watch where it goes once it gets inside the plant. Why is it so important to study the drought stress tolerance? Well, I think any time we want to look at the sort of how plants respond to stress are important. Um, if we want to maximize the yield of a plant, we need to know how are they going to cope with variety of growing conditions. Because, of course, we can't, plants don't grow in the field under perfect conditions. And certainly things like drought are always an ongoing concern, but particularly when we look at things like climate change. And if you look at some places like in Africa, where they, we see more des desertification. So we see there are droughts that happen and they are a risk. So how we better cope with the, with drought and, and particularly of ones that are you know potentially going to be more severe or, 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 or longer lasting, we need to have food crops that can withstand that. Matthew Dalzell is with the Fedoric Center for Nuclear Innovation in Saskatoon. The Market Update on The Source, 620 CKRM. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $6.90 at $467.92. Oats is up $6.68 at $167.91. Number one red spring wheat is even at $227.62. Durham is up two hundred ninety to two two hundred ninety dollars and fifty five cents. Feed barley is down two dollars to one hundred and thirty four dollars fourteen cents. Flax is up five dollars to four hundred ninety four dollars fifty five cents. Yellow peas rose eight dollars to three hundred twelve dollars, and feed wheat was unchanged at one hundred and forty seven dollars and forty eight cents. The livestock report on the source six twenty CKRM. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for Wednesday, February the first. Another good run here this morning with 2,400 head in the sort and 350 cows and bulls. D1, D2 cows, 83 to 93 sales to 95. D3 cows, 73 to 83. These older type weaker cows, 20 to 40. Young cows, sephirettes, a dollar to a dollar 20. Good bulls, 98 to 108 sales to 110. The feeder market under pressure to five cents lower on the heifers. These steers selling pretty much steady, uh, maybe lower in spots. Kind of an unsettled market today. Some highlights on the steer side: 400 pound steers, 232. 450 pound steers, 228. We had a package of 500. Uh, they're weighing 500 pounders. 71 black steers at 209. 550 pound tan steers, 204. 650 pound white steers, 196. My favorite pen: 700 pound steers, 173, and 800 pound white steers, 163. On the heifer side: 400 pound heifers, 195. 450s, 190, 500 pound heifers, 180, 550s, 170, 650 pound heifers, 152, 700 pound heifers, 155, and 800 pound heifers, 148. Next week, pre-cert, we have 1,700 head booked. Our next sheep lamb goat sale will be Friday, February the 10th. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. 
This is the Hams Market Commentary for Wednesday, February 1st. Hams sold 6,000 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 157 to 159 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,500 heads, selling in a range of 158 to 160 per CKG. Number one sales delivered to Winnipeg this week will sell in the range of 53 to $71 per CKG live weight. Cash hogs today are called steady to higher, while lean hogs are trading lower, and the Canadian dollar is down 37 basis points, trading at 0.7646 cents U.S. Cash hogs yesterday were up $1.37 per hundred weight, while the cutout was up $0.79 per hundred weight. Packer margins are currently estimated at $35 per head black. Cash markets are making gains not typical at this time of year, as demand remains strong during a time when demand for meat is generally weak. Jim Smalley's Agro Weather on the Source 620 CKRM. Now the 620 CKRM farm weather forecast. Cloudy today with a 30% chance of light snow. Wind northwest at 30 kilometers an hour, gusting to 50, reaching a high of minus 12. Clear skies tonight. Wind northwest at 30 kilometers an hour, gusting to 50 once again. Dying down overnight, however, dropping to a low of minus 23, feeling like minus 30 with the wind chill. Sunshine for tomorrow, wind becoming west at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon, reaching a high of minus 10, with a wind chill of minus 33 in the afternoon, dropping down to a low of minus 20 tomorrow night. Sunny on Friday, high minus 9, low minus 17. Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of flurries, high minus 12, low minus 20. Sunday again, a mix of sun and cloud, high minus 13, with a low of minus 21. Cloudy Monday with a 60% chance of flurries and a high of minus 15. The normal high this time of year is around minus 9, while the normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 8.33 this morning and will set at 5.51 this afternoon. Taking a look around the province this hour, Saskatoon is minus 12, Prince Albert minus 13, Swift Current minus 12, Estevan minus 14, Weyburn minus 13, and Yorkton is sitting at minus 15. Currently in Moose Jaw, they're seeing some light snow. The wind is from the northwest at 30 kilometers an hour. Humidity is at 72%. The barometric pressure is at 103.1 and rising, and it's minus 11. Here in Regina, we're also still seeing some light snow. The wind is from the northwest at 31 kilometers an hour. Humidity is at 81%. Barometric pressure is also at 103.1 and rising, and we're sitting at minus 13. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Good afternoon. I'm Drew Posty.